you must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest today is Big Dipper, a Los Angeles-based recording artist known for his infectiously fun music and thick boy confidence. His sex and body-positive message and exciting live shows have made him the go-to bear of raunchy internet rap. Thank you for joining me today, Big Dipper. Thanks for having me. I am a fan, obviously. You have the podcast show, um, yes, Sloppy Seconds. You have your albums out there, your music. You have uh, some music videos on YouTube. Uh, yeah. that's how I, that's how I first was introduced to you. And oh, that's nice. kind of, that's kind of where I want to start. Okay. The video in particular was looking. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's a very popular one. It is, yes. <laughs> I want to read some comments that are, oh, that are okay. in, the, in the in the comment section. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, one was, as a big man who's always worried about my body, this video gave me some confidence. And another one wrote, I've been called ugly because of my weight and body hair for a very long time. Seeing this video and the comments beneath it helped me smile and realize not everyone likes super skinny, hairless guys. And just a few more here. Um, It's so refreshing to see a bear video with Asians and black guys who are just as beautiful. And then we have laughing with a raging heart on. And (laughs) one of my personal favorites. That's my demographic, by the way. It's always like, this is funny and weird, but why am I turned on? Well, I'm going to confess. I may have accidentally masturbated to that video. But anyway. um, Doesn't that video have a lot of your friends in it? Okay, no, finish the comments and then we'll talk about it. Uh, and the last one, I, I think this is my favorite. Well, I was straight, then I watched this video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think and feel when you hear and read comments like that? I mean, all of that is really awesome. I I love when something that I make, I, this is sort of what I say when I get to describe my career as a creative person. Like, I am very lucky that the ideas that I have in my head you know, collaborating with my friends and my community around me, I'm able to make them happen, put them out into the world and make enough money to survive. And Mm -hmm. that like, that's actually like a huge accomplishment when it comes to being an independent artist. Like there are so many people that I meet who are like, yeah, I make music. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, are you on a label? Like, what's the deal? And they're like, Oh no, I'm a bank teller. Mm-hmm. but I make music on the side or like, Oh no, I'm a real estate agent. And like, you know, shout out to people who have that hustle because, you know, I live in squalor. <laughs> I'm able to make enough money to live my life, but it's not a glamorous one. So anyhow, I, I feel very lucky that what I do not only can sustain me, but it, it touches people beyond just an entertainment level. And as far as like those specifics go, I mean, I have the journey that I would, I want to say that like a lot of fat kids have, but also I know that 
the sort of confidence that I've reached is not something that everyone reaches. So I do feel lucky about that. You know, I grew up not really knowing what my body was. I was like, how is this going to turn into something that can be sexualized? Um, Because I never saw that reflected back. So, you know, when I was growing up, I was like a chubby kid. And then when I came out as gay and understood my sexual identity, I literally had the thought in my head, oh, I think I'll just be single for the rest of my life because no one would ever find me attractive, but I know that I'm gay and I want to like be an out gay person in the world. So I'll just be like single and watch porn. That's like literally what I thought when I was in high school. Wow. I was like, oh, I because no one will ever find me fuckable. And then, oh, I think and, you're very fuckable. <laughs> well, th- thank you. I, I I came into that later in my life when I uh, realized it actually took me sprouting body hair and my beard to really sort of like understand being in my body because just being chubby to me. I feel like it was almost like an internal, like a sixth sense. Like I knew I hadn't fully formed yet in college when like I started to get a little body hair and I started to get a little stubble, but I was still just like mostly like a doughy chubby boy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there must, there must be like a, f- the final phase of what my body is. <laughs> and, and honestly, like once all the body hair clicked in, I really was like, ah, this is me. And then I, and then I discovered a sexual confidence. And when I discovered, discovered that I realized I was sexy to people and then something took over my brain. And this is something that I say very often. Everyone is the ideal for someone else. Like Mm -hmm. there's no one who exists in this world that zero people want to fuck. There's someone out there who wants to fuck you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I walk around the world just assuming those people are, um, Closer to me than maybe they actually are. I'm like, ah, everyone in this grocery store wants to fuck me. Well, and it looks like you inspire a lot of people to kind of reach that point maybe a little faster than they would have without crossing your path. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I was just doing live shows, I think a, a handful of people after every live show would have that feeling and feel empowered and be excited. But because I put videos on the internet, it has a broader reach and, you know, like a quarter million people will look at a video and then whatever percentage of them will really be inspired by it and have that feeling. And I'm, you know, I'm lucky that I can pass that feeling on. But ultimately, like most of it started because as I was conceptualizing all these videos, they were for me. So it was going to be my body. And it wasn't, I never set out to like make a statement about it. It was more that I wanted to make a music video and my reference points for music videos, many of them were like pop stars. And a lot of those pop stars are in like bikinis washing cars or Mm -hmm. like doing a dance routine in some like wet look or like lounging by a pool or like, you know, whatever. And so I was like, we're going to do that on me. And then the moment I started doing that, people were like, wow, that's a body positive statement. And I was like, Oh, I guess it is. I'm just, doing what I want to do in my body, which I guess inherently is a body positive statement. When did the rapping start? When did your music start in high school or 
Well, growing up, I sort of like, you know, my sister was really into like alternative rock music, my older sister. And so there was like a lot of like, there was a little Grateful Dead moment. There was some Dave Matthews band, you know, and, and I liked that music, but I never like really connected to it. And then I remember listening to Criss Cross and I was like, these are kids and they're rapping and listening to Busta Rhymes and Missy Elliott and I was really, I I mean, I remember being like eight years old and I used to listen to Warren G and Too Short. And there was just something about rap music and hip hop music that I connected to significantly more to like the other music that was, I was exposed to. And so I grew up as a huge hip hop head. And when Eminem came out, I was like, oh, I guess white people do this too. And literally in middle school, that's when I started like writing little rhymes in my book. But I never actively thought about pursuing it. I just thought, oh, I could write too because I saw a white person doing it as well. And then obviously, like my adoration for Eminem has faded significantly over the years. due to a lot of different things and when i was after college i went to school for theater and after college when i was living in chicago i got exposed to this sort of like alternative queer performance community that was also sort of mixed into nightlife and so i was interacting with drag queens and electronic musicians and dance performers and all this different all all these different mediums and everyone was sort of expressing their queer identity through art and i had an opportunity to make a song with a friend of mine so i pitched him the idea and we recorded drip drop and it took it honestly took like nine months to record that song because i I, it wasn't a discipline i was used to we'd record and then i would like go away and think about it for like literally two months while i worked at a coffee shop or i was teaching high school classes and then i would come back and i was like oh i have another idea for a verse or whatever but after the song was done i was so excited about it that i wanted to make a video and that was in like 2011 and then the my first music video for drip drop came out in 2012 And then it took like a year of doing that when I was like, maybe I could make more music and actually perform and try to make money doing this. And so I would say I'm like full time entertainer, probably like six years, but I I started thinking about it eight years ago. That's actually pretty quick. That's a great success. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. People talk about this all the time when like... um, at the Grammys or whatever, they have like best new artist, and it's like a band that's been together for 15 years, but only mm-hmm. a year ago they got signed to a major label and had a number right. one song. And they're like, best new artist, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Your audience, um, obviously, you appeal to a gay audience, but do you find that you're reaching beyond that to a straight, to two people who like, I guess, what you would call classic rap or hip hop? Well, it's interesting because just because I rap, I wouldn't necessarily say that I make hip hop music (laughs) because a lot of the producers I work with lean in the like electronic sort of dance music sound, the more like like futuristic club sound. I don't know. I rap because I can't really sing and I try to sing on some of my songs. I rap because... It's what I find most enjoyable and what I'm most inspired by. But I would not say by any stretch am I like a traditional hip hop artist. And therefore, like a lot of my audience is not that. They're coming for the full package. I think there are musicians out there, pun intended. I think there are musicians out there who 
they can just drop music and people can be obsessed with it. And for me to like really understand what Big Dipper is all about, it's like, yeah, listen to the music, but watch the music video along with it. And then like come to the live show and see what I can do at the live show. So obviously, initially, it was a gay audience exclusively gay audience and i only played at gay clubs and i tried to play bear parties all the time i tried to play bear events like from the beginning i was reaching out to like whatever bear weekend in palm springs and in mexico yeah like all these things and i've played a couple of them for sure but the majority of the response i got back was a we don't i mean which is sort of a classic sort of this is a tricky subject because i understand that i'm a white person working in like a black music medium uh but to get this response of like we don't play hip-hop music at our events is this inherently racist thing that happens at a lot of gay events and especially in the bear community uh and so it's a tricky thing because i am a white person obviously but (laughs) well but the, the the response i got was like we don't want that kind of entertainment at our bear party. And so for a long time, until I sort of established myself and made a lot of music videos and proved myself, I wasn't getting booked at anything but like a gay club and they would wedge me in between um, drag performers. Then over time, I started playing bear events. And then over time, I started playing music festivals. And when I would play at the music festivals, a lot of people would just sort of stumble into my show. And that led me to... I'm performing a song called Meat Quotient, which is just a whole string of um, uh, innuendo related to meat and meat uh, sex. And I'm I'm performing that for a room full of straight people and they're liking it. So <laughs> that sort of really exposed me. And then a few years ago, I made a song called LaCroix Boy, uh, which was for all intents and purposes is essentially a meme song. Like I LaCroix was having this like moment and I thought it would be funny to do this song. And that video really sort of exploded in a straight world. And so there are so many people who think I only have the one song and then do my podcast. Like they, they sort of don't even know about the other bodies of work and all the gay sex songs that I make. And they just know LaCroix boy. But what's nice is, like I said, I've been doing this long enough that if I were to say like, I'm doing a show in Chicago and it was just like at a music venue and I was going to do like an hour on stage, there would be a really nice mix of people in the crowd that wouldn't only be just like gay dudes in harnesses, which I like. Oh, oh, well, that's I like the gay dudes in harnesses and I like that I have a mixed crowd. (laughs) This is is a perfect segue. Are you kinky? Are you into the leather scene? BDSM? Yes. D, all of the above. Um, <laughs> D, all of the above. Yeah. Wow. I just, these brilliant jokes just fall out of my mouth. Um, I am not into the leather scene in the way that I have like a big leather connection uh, collection and I understand and I want to like play in power dynamics for weeks on end and and interact with a master and like that kind of thing. I'm sort of into dabbling into all of it. For me, I, I was running an event uh, that my friend puts on called Fruitcake, uh, which is like a queer 
merchant art marketplace where independent artists can sell stuff. And I was producing it and I was sort of running around like bossing people around, but also helping people. And we had this woman, she was a a, a volunteer and she was a, a lesbian and she looked at me and she was like, you're a service top, aren't you? And I was, I had never heard that term before. I don't think I've heard that term. And I was like, that is me to a T. All I want to do is give people what they want and be of service. But I also don't like to be dominated. So Mm -hmm. I like to be in charge, but say, what can I do to make you happy? And so I really identify with service top. It's why I love like sucking dick for an hour and then fucking someone because those are the two things I want to do. So for me, along with service top is like, I want to give you whatever fantasy you want. So if you want me to like piss all over your body and then like slap you and call you Denise, I'll do that because I know you want that. And so there's not, you know, aside from like extensive pain and like exposure to nasty bacteria or like possible illness from blood or feces uh i am pretty much into whatever you're into if that makes sense well i i just wish i were 20 years younger that's all why (laughs) i'd be here i'd be stalking you why would you have to be 20 years younger oh well oh well we'll talk after the recording stops (laughs) well how old are you (laughs) i'm 57 Oh, that's like beginning age for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember when I was living in New York, I think I was like 20, I don't know, 28. And I went and I fucked this guy. And when we were done, I was like, how old are you? And he was like, oh, I'm 76 or 75. And I was like, oh, rad. You're in pretty great shape. He was like, well, I'm a trainer. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then, you know, his 75 jumped out because he said some like really racist thing about like the teenagers on the corner making too much noise. And I was like, gotta go. My friend was like, (laughs) why are you fucking a man in his mid 70s? I'm like, because he's hot. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) It's also crazy to think that like that was eight years ago. It's like he could be dead. Like I'm going to start entering into the world of like my past partners could be dead from natural old age. People have always assumed, because of the way that I look, that I will not be interested in them. Mm. And when I say them, I mean a bear. And when How I, do you look? I'm small. I'm mostly hairless. I only have the beard because I am invisible without it. Isn't that wild? <laughs> and people think that I'm I typically been pretty pretty lean. I'm not like a super big beefy guy. Mm-hmm. People think that I'm into other guys who are more lean and smaller or or you know, not a bear. I made the assumption that you would not be into somebody who would be 57. Right. What what is your type? Okay, that has changed so significantly. Like when I was in college, you know, going back to that that kid I told you about um, who I, I just thought I would be single forever. Like, you know, I, I, I was so engrossed with the, that was like late nineties, early two thousands. Like that was the Abercrombie and Fitch. That was like every joke 
um, on a sitcom when it was like, we had a blind date. It was bad. And I was like, why was it bad? And I was like, he had back hair, you know, like that was when you just, and that was when like when beards were like, like a wild thing to have. And so I really did play. I was like really into that, like jock type. I frosted my tips in high school. You know, I dyed them bleached the, just the tip ends of my hair, like really into that vibe, that boy band vibe. And then it almost took the self doubt that I had that someone like that would ever be into me to sort of snap me into the idea of looking at other types of men as hot, like as non-traditional sexualized people and like, sort of gaze my view to the right or to the left and then i was like oh like regular ass dudes are very hot to me and then you know i sort of found the bear thing and then for a while i was really into like what bear types are celebrated you know what i mean i was really into like oh like you look like you used to work out but then just started not working out so you have like residual biceps and old pecs but then like a big belly and i was like, i love really? that right <laughs> and i was really into that for a while i was like you look like you did coach the wrestling team but now mm-hmm. you don't <laughs> mm-hmm. and then and literally it, it this is what happens to me when i meet someone and i fuck someone and it's hot between us whatever kind of type of person they are that's becomes a new type for me i last year i was really into tall japanese dudes like stick thin tall japanese dudes because i had this like little affair with this man and i was like he was so hot to me that then that's all i was looking at and so i realized that like to me it's about chemistry and it's about tiny little things like i had a crush on a guy in college who had really wide set eyes you know, like almost like he looked like he was spacing out all the time, kind of dumb. And there was something about like thick head, wide set eyes, bad haircut. And I was like, if you've got those things, I want to fuck. So to me, everyone can be my type. It just depends if that sort of like chemistry is there. Because I've also, listen, I travel around a lot for work. So I will have shows in Austin and New York and Seattle and New Orleans and Atlanta. And because of that, I will link up with people that I know from Instagram or like whatever in those cities. And there are people who I am in love with on Instagram who, when I meet them in person, I'm like, oh, you're so hot in your pictures to me. But then we meet in person. I'm like, oh, you're just going to be my friend. Like there's nothing sexual about us in person. Mm -hmm. So I think it's funny. I hear people talk about apps all the time and like hooking up on apps. And obviously, you know, pandemic aside, talking about regular normal life, um, hooking up on apps and like whatever. And uh, people are like, we got to chat a little bit on the apps. We have to like talk on the phone. We have to whatever. And I'm like, no, I want to see one photo of you. And then I want to meet up in person because I could spend three weeks talking to you on the phone. And then we meet in person and like, our body chemistry could be off. You may not have the pheromones that make me excited. So to me, I have to get the in-person vibe. Back to your videos. Uh, They're very, very sexy. Thank Uh, you. You're a sex object in them. And one of the things that is so sexy is the dancing. Is that something that is just sort of natural for you? Did you, do you have a choreography that you've worked with and, and the, 
Obviously, you must have a choreographer for some of your videos where you have a lot of people involved. Totally. Yeah. So I started doing uh, theater when I was really young. And the first plays I got cast in, I was like eight or nine years old. And when I would be put in the plays, they would cast me. I remember we would do children's theater and you could either be cast as an actor, a singer, or a dancer. Uh, (laughs) They literally just were like, now the dance kids will come in and do a dance and then the singers will come in. So Mm -hmm. I was always cast as a dancer. So I always had rhythm Mm -hmm. and it's not something that runs in my family. I'm sort of like my sister can dance really well, uh, but my parents are like, you know nothing they can't can't do any sort of movement they can't even clap on beat and so i always knew i could dance and i always enjoyed dancing but again i was the i really put a lot of limits on myself as a kid based on my body i was like oh i'm a chubby kid i can't like take dance classes for real i was also like in middle school like i didn't want to be gay when i knew i was gay and so i didn't want to like sign up for dance classes or whatever so it was always sort of like a party trick that i could be that i could dance and then in college because like i said i went to school for theater i started i joined like a dance company on my college campus and then as a director because that's what i wanted to do is like direct plays and musicals as a director i would choreograph and stage big production numbers in college and so when i moved to chicago after college i was dancing a lot i was in a performance performance art trio called double dj and we would dance in like six inch stiletto heels do lots of choreography and as a director and choreographer i worked on like plays and production numbers and music videos and stuff like that and so then when i started making music videos the thing that i love most about pop videos is you know like is the choreography are these huge production numbers and so i wanted to bring that into as many videos as i could and i have choreographed my own music videos and choreographed my live shows but i'm like in my mid-30s now and i've been doing this for a while and i can do everything but it's better when i don't <laughs> it's better to collaborate. It's better to get other people's perspectives. It's better to have brains come together and come up with it. So I always have a say. I'm not just like a yes sir sort of artist because I am co-directing, producing, paying for everything. You will get my input across the board. So I have a couple choreographers that I love to work with. My friend Melissa Shady, she choreographed the look and video. She just choreographed a recent video I did called Like This, which I put out in May. And she's someone who, when we first worked together, I was like, oh, you get me. Like, there's a moment in the looking video when we're all dancing and being sexy. Uh And then we all sort of pop up and make like a chipmunk face. And I think in the video, it's only me doing it. So it looks like something stupid that just I did. But it was in the choreography that the full group of us in the triangle, we all jumped up and sort of like put our hands up like little paws, bit our bottom lips like buck teeth chipmunks. And she, the first day of the choreography, she pitched that in in the movement. And I was like, you get me, let's keep going. <laughs> Because I want to like, I'm the kind of person that like, if I'm fucking you and my dick is inside you and we're like on the bed that like, I'll fuck you. And then like, I'll make a face or I'll say an inside joke that we have, or I'll do something because I want you like moaning in ecstasy and then laughing. You know what I mean? Okay. I'll remember that. (laughs) I'm just saying like, you know, I don't know. I'm really working as I get older. 
I'm really working to like not be so segmented in my identity. When I first started making music, Big Dipper felt like a character, felt very different from who I am as a regular person. And that's because I wasn't I wasn't really planning on making it a career. I wanted to do one song, one video, and then hmm. I was going to go back to, you know, teaching high school theater classes, directing plays, and like trying to like build. I wanted to be an artistic director of like a regional theater in my 40s. That was like my goal. So I wanted to like work towards that. And when I started making music, my whole career sort of took this other turn and I loved it, but I was really scared and I was really scared to bring my entire self to Big Dipper. So it always felt like this, like for the first couple of years, anytime I performed as Big Dipper or did an interview or anything, I was like, I wore sunglasses. I put a hat on, like I wore some wild outfit that I had worn in the video. Like I wasn't able to just be authentic in the same moment. and. Now that I'm doing that, I feel like my art is getting better and better. And I want to bring that across the board. I want to be wholly myself every time, anytime I'm doing anything, which I think is a challenge we have as people because we put perceptions, we sort of, we make assumptions about the perceptions that people have about us. And then we try to deliver those. And it's, you know, best when you can just be authentic. Just be yourself. Do you want to tell us about anything that's coming up that we should be looking sure, for? Sure, yeah. So uh, May 27th, I put out an EP called The Ham and Cheese EP, which is five songs. And I like to th- I like to talk about it like it's there's there's five different types of songs. I mean, it all sounds like I, I made it all with the same music producer, but there's basically like a rap heavy track, a pop song, a sort of more rock and roll song, a club track, and they're sort of like different sides to the dice of Big Dipper with the Ham and Cheese EP. We put out a music video for the first song called Like This. Now, we dropped everything May 27th, and that was actually the day after George Floyd got murdered. And then there started to be, obviously, this very important sort of social media focus on the Black Lives Matter movement. So I fully stopped promoting all of my music and shifted all of my attention. So I'm just now sort of getting back into self-promotion for that project. So there is a music video uh, for Like This, which is out on YouTube. You can stream the EP everywhere, the Ham and Cheese EP. And we shot a music video back in February before the pandemic for a song called Back Up Off Me. And it's all leather. We shot it at the Eagle in LA. It is like tons of people you probably know. Uh, And uh, it's really exciting. There's choreography. And that's probably going to come out either in late August or September. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Anything else that you want to share with us? Just that I have my podcast with Meatball. It's called Sloppy Seconds. And it comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, twice a week. And you can listen to that anywhere you get a podcast. I have, and she's quite a character herself. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Big Dipper. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. For more information about a guest appearing on Sexual Heroes, visit the show notes at sexualheroes.com or on your favorite podcast app. You'll find Sexual Heroes on Apple, iTunes, Google, Spotify, and many others. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.